Cast. Your purpose is basically like a energy drink that never ends. Like it's like it's this endless source of energy and motivation that you can use to get work done or to live a life that matters to you. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrennie.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about what we can do as leaders to create a career that we love. Now, my guest is Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Ben helps us understand what we can do when we feel bored and stuck in our career. He helps us understand the importance of both purpose and self-leadership. Now, this was a powerful discussion that I know you'll love. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Benjamin is the founder of Live For Yourself Consulting. He is a leadership and career coach, talent development executive, international speaker, online instructor, and podcaster. He is passionate about guiding leaders to create a career and life that they love. He helps leaders get unstuck, stand out from the competition, develop executive presence, and feel confident in their roles as leaders. And I'm excited to talk to him about what we can do as leaders to create a career that we love. So Ben, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. And you have a really, really good like announcer's voice. I almost, <laughs> like, I'll get you to read a book if I write it. If I don't know if you're taking some side contract work, I know you're probably pretty busy. Uh, but man, that was, it's like this. I like listening to you. I'm just going to sit here and just listen. I'm not going to talk. Is that okay? I love that. It's like three years of podcasting. I finally found my radio voice. So it took me a long time to find it. So, <laughs> so that's There's great that to meet you for sure. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this subject. We, we, we've touched on some areas of purpose and, and, and what have you in leadership, but I think we really haven't talked about career and, and especially finding a career that you love. And I really liked your message. So I was kind of happy to have you on and talk about it. Uh, and one of the things I want to start off with is to talk a little bit about your uh, story and kind of maybe how you, and you've got that list on your website. I think it was really, really good to read that. So 
you are sort of taking your own advice. You became your own coach and you coach yourself to a career that you love. And I thought it'd be good for you to talk us through a little bit of where you found yourself being stuck and then what you did and, and how you got to where you're at today. Well, like most people, I went to school, I graduated with a certain major, I went directly into that field, and I've been working in that field ever since. So this is just kind of, I just have this side conversation with you just for fun, right? Career's been perfect along the way, no big issues, you know, really just, it's like, if you looked at my resume, you're like, oh, of course Ben is working in leadership. He, he went to school for leadership. Before that, he had parents that were in leadership, right? That's how careers, careers go. Right. <laughs> that's perfect, sarcasm perfect just like mine mine was perfect <laughs> yeah uh, actually what happened was uh, well now by the way i work in organizational leadership and talent development i coach and guide leaders to create careers that they can love so really to define what their vision is for what they want to do with their work time define that into a professional brand curate that into greater levels of executive presence and then turn that into meaningful work so you can actually get paid for it this wasn't always the case. I actually initially in undergrad wanted to be a professional soccer player. And that was everything that I wanted to be. My friends were soccer players. The VHS tapes that I watched were me playing soccer or other games I recorded because I didn't have anything to watch soccer on other than that. Worked out three times a day. Like literally this was my dream. That did not work out very well. And so I lost who I was and how I would define myself. So then I had to go explore and figure figure that out. Now, I thought it was going to be a dietitian in nutrition, but they canceled my major two years into school. Thought it was going to be health policy. I was working in health policy for a bit. I got four different job offers over the course of two and a half years that were all canceled after I would sign them on the dotted line. It was during 2010. Federal funding was not that great. Uh, these were jobs with like the CDC and federally qualified healthcare centers, the Illinois Department of Public Health. And so that didn't go so well. And so I kind of networked in and fell into working in an acute care hospital. I was actually uh, bartending at the time to make some money and met the the ICU manager, the director, and he got me an interview and I ended up getting a job. Even though the first time I interviewed, I didn't get the job because the CEO didn't want to hire a bartender. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so then I worked in in that role for about two and a half, three years got promoted into the executive team because they actually ended up liking me a lot. By the way, it's funny, the CEO that didn't want to hire me first is the one that promoted me. Uh, but I kind of fell into that job and I did not choose it. And I did not like the work environment that I was in. I had really poor leadership, very authoritative. People would come into my cubicle, you know, office crying on a daily basis. Mm. I was going into work, trying not to work, like literally going into work trying not to have conversations with people because I didn't understand the purpose of those relationships because I was going to leave, didn't want to be there. Didn't feel connected to the work, didn't feel the meaning of the work, even though it was really meaningful. Because again, I was being more so reactive to the opportunities in front of me, kind of felt like I was forced to be there. And whenever you feel forced to do something, you're going to become resentful of it. Yeah, That resentment turns into negativity, leads into other areas of my life. And ultimately, it just was like a, a very terrible time where... It was very strange because on the other end of the spectrum, like I'd spent all this time creating, like creating confidence, developing into the person that I was that day because I lost my identity so early on. But for some reason, you're reading through those books and they never go, oh, by the way, you should be doing this for your career too. Mm. And I had this kind of side hustle happening at the time in coaching, 
but it was in dating and relationships. And I kind of felt a little embarrassed about it, even though I was running for men's health and ask men and like doing some pretty cool stuff. But I wasn't actually doing things that I felt were meaningful to me. And because of that, I just was kind of letting time and life pass me by. Mm. Now, luckily though, I woke up. Like I had this like epiphany moment walking into work one day and I was looking around all the people that were also commuting to work. And we, we don't actually get this experience as much, a lot of us that are working remotely, to actually suggest going and walking through kind of downtown area during the middle of the day or during the early morning when people are going to work. And people just felt like the world, like it looked like people were dreading life, like kind of like how I was feeling inside. I was like, this is not what work should be. There is no reason why we should be spending the majority of our time waiting for the clock to hit a certain you know time of day so we can go do the things that we wanted to do. But then we're so burdened by the fact that we had to go do this thing that we didn't want to do that we don't even enjoy that time. So I, I stopped and I said, let's do a career audit. Let's figure out what my strengths are, what my interests are, what I want to achieve in my career, because I can go create it. Even though I had all those disappointments in the past, I can go create whatever I want to create. And those questions led me to shutting down the coaching practice I had at the time, going to my boss and saying, look, I'm in this emerging leaders program. I love, like I connect with this individual who's my mentor, this director of people. He's running our coaching programs across all of our sites. I want to go work with him. I want to work on the project that he's working on because it, it just seems like it is a combination of all my skills and interests. And you know what? She said, yes. Mm. Super amazing. Now, it's not the end of the story because, you know, my career has been filled with ambiguity and change and acquisitions and sales and layoffs. And this was one of those times. And so when I was actually starting to work on some of the projects, we got acquired for the second time. Everyone I was working with lost their jobs. And I was kind of back to square one with the work that I was doing. I had the choice to go work in our corporate office, but I would have to move. And I was like, I don't really want to do that right now. And it seems like people are still getting cut. So I had to figure out how I was going to work in this space on my own. And luckily, I had this merger of like entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. I you know, built a coaching business before. I knew how to solve problems when I knew what the problem was to solve. And so I decided to go back, get my, get my doctorate in organizational leadership, figure out where I could start building a brand and credibility in the space, and then hopefully get hired by some companies to build a little bit of like resume, credibility, and career capital and relationships while also networking and building a business at the same time. So it sounds like you um, reached a point where you decided that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that, you know, it, it sounds like in a lot of your career, you were affected by outside forces, right? Whether it was acquisitions, whether it was, you know, your, uh, your original sports career, your, and a lot of different things affected you. And when you went for the entrepreneur route, you said, you know what, I'm going to let, I'm not going to let outside forces affect me. I'm going to do my thing my way. Is that what it was? Well, it's interesting when you can take the mindset of being an entrepreneur and bring it internal into organizations, you get a lot of magic. One of the things I work with clients on a lot is, you know, you have to be proactive internally within an organization. You don't ask for it, you don't get it. If you don't know it, you're not going to be able to create it. And if if we think that the power for our jobs is is in our leader's hands or in the organization's hands, then we're never going to realize how much power we have. Yes. So I work with my clients to help, first off, make them feel empowered. Like, yes, you have permission to go to create whatever you want to create at your own job. And there's a great field of practice called job crafting. There's talks about how to do that. We can totally get into it. But you also have to feel accountable. 
Can't tell you how many clients I've worked with that said, well, I told my boss I want a promotion. Mm, yeah. And I didn't get one. Well, when did you tell them? You told them when you wanted it, which is terrible because it takes about six months to make a promotion happen at most organizations, if not more. You have to bring it up consistently. If it's something that you want and you bring it up once and you think your leader's going to remember it, good luck. They got a lot of stuff going on. Plus, they don't think you're serious. Maybe they think you're just emotionally feeling something new one day. And the same thing also with goals and performance management and development. If you're working towards certain goals, you want a good review at the end of the year, better not wait to bring up those goals in, uh, until your annual review. You better be bringing it up on a weekly basis during your one-on-ones or during meetings that you have with your leader. And we have to start taking accountability for the outcomes we're seeing in our jobs and in our career. And very often that's not the case. Yeah, I think somewhere along the way, someone told me that. I think that was really helpful, which is that no one's going to care about your career. The only person that cares about your career is you. And if you sort of put yourself in the driver's seat, you've got, and you you don't rely on others to manage your career, then I think you're going to be better off to, to take ownership, get in the driver's seat, figure out what you want to be when you grow up. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. I know I spent seven years out of the military saying like, all right, I, I achieved all my goals at 25 years old. Now what do I do? That was hard. You know, Megan, a shift, you mentioned going from your dream was to play professional soccer and then that was taken away from you. And it took a while to figure out what you wanted to do. And I think we, we struggle sometimes. So I think sometimes leaders need to spend time to think about like, what is it truly that is that I love doing and I want to do? And, uh, and, and then setting that, that, you know, that North Star out there and say, I'm going to go after this. This is this is important in my career. Do you feel that with way? With a lot of leaders. Yeah. And it, well, the problem is there's sometimes some like limiting beliefs or clouded beliefs or, mm. you know, external validation focused beliefs that tend to f- hit leaders, such as like, I want to be a CEO. Well, why? Well, because I want the title, I want the power, or I want the money. If I don't get selected, then I'm, something's wrong with me. And so we kind of have these these belief systems that relate to climbing the corporate ladder that tend to limit us. And we find, as you've probably experienced, like you achieve something and that's, we still live, but like life still goes on. The achievement is not, is not the goal. It's the, it's the process. Now you might want the title, you want, I might want the money to be able to achieve certain things. That's wonderful. But we also want to connect that with the vision that you want to create for your career, the impact that you want to have, the values that you have at your core and how you want to show up on a daily basis. Because if you don't have those things, like those things are the never-ending source of motivation and energy and power that leaders can, you know, uh, be motivated from. But if we focus on the titles and the money and such solely, then we're going to be consistently disappointed and then we're going to have a midlife crisis, quit our job and maybe go buy a sports car and become a beekeeper or something of the sort. Beekeeper, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, you know, you 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 mentioned that, uh, and it happened in your career. It happened in my career. Leaders tend to get bored and stuck. And you know, I was just going to ask you, why does this happen, and how can we tell? I mean, what's the you know you you mentioned you had an epiphany. You're walking around, you're going, oh, everybody's sort of. How can how can a person feel if like they're stuck? And and when when is it the point where you're like, okay, I got to do something different. I don't know. I know for me, I know where that point was in my career, but I was just curious, how can how can leaders or, or listeners or, who are listening in right now, how do they know, how, how can they feel of when they're stuck? We're supposed to get bored and stuck. Yeah. We're supposed to get to a point in our professional careers or something that we're learning where we feel like, oh, I've kind of done this before. I want to learn a little bit more, especially high achievers. Yeah. And I I created this kind of concept called the career sweet spot. And it's more so like, 
it's a, there, there are questions that you can ask yourself around different categories that can help you figure out what is your sweet spot right now. Mm. And so what's, what's great about this, just from a, like a mindset perspective, is that it's supposed to change. Mm. And so the three different areas of the career sweet spot are your actual work. And the actual work is, it's kind of like the, the skills that you have. So it's, fo it's focused on the skills that you have as a professional. What are you good at? What have you been trained to do? Now, if we're not doing things that we're trained to do that we're good at, we're going to feel very uncomfortable. Now, if, we're, if that's all we're doing, we're totally going to feel stuck and bored, especially if you have a value of learning and growth. The other circle are what you're passionate about what you care about, what really lights you up, what it sparks interest and motivation. It creates value for you as an individual. So if you're good at something and it's something that lights you up, awesome, wonderful. It means that you're going to be motivated. You're going to be able to talk yourself into wanting to work more. It means that you're going to have the desire to learn and to do the work that needs to get done, even if it's not always the best day and show up intently and such. Doesn't mean you're not going to still get stuck, though, because you might just end up doing the same thing over and over and over again and feel like you're underutilized. And so the third circle is what you want to create, mm -hmm. what you want to learn. Now, that can be people, it could be organizations that you want to work for, or skills that you're potentially interested in learning. And if you can combine those three different areas then you will always figure out where you should be focusing your skills. Now, those aren't the three pillars of job satisfaction, by the way, but they are going to help prevent you from feeling like you're stuck. And so at any time you have to ask yourself, is this something I'm, I'm trained at? Is this something that I'm passionate about? And does this have some sort of learning or stretch component where I am kind of at this, and, and there's something about it that, that makes me feel like I am growing as a professional. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is 
hand-built, and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough. So if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today life is hard but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier hi my name is blue Tulusma. i'm a writer an emotional intelligence coach and the host of humanize with blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room a great conversation is almost guaranteed Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. I really like that. I, I tend to talk, when I talk to young people who are thinking about starting an entrepreneurial journey, I always kind of challenge them to say, you know, do you have skills in that area? You know, I always say, like, go work for somebody else that's doing that same thing, you know, and, and maybe that's not your, your job, your, your dream job, but you're going to develop those skills that you need to be able to take it, you know, take your, take it on your own and do it on your own. But it's like, have somebody pay you to learn those skills. I mean, that's, you know, like it's, I, I had, you know, I had uh, 22 years of free education in, in the corporate world to learn how to run a manufacturing business. Right. And so when I did it, it was pretty easy. I, I knew how to do it. So I think, you know, I do encourage people to go take those stretch assignments or do those jobs that maybe it's not the perfect job, but they're going to learn something that's going to help you achieve whatever that dream job you have. I really like that you made that your third, you know, that third circle, because I think that's really important. It may not be, like you said, perfect job satisfaction, but it's keep you from being bored and it's going to help you develop the skills to get to where you really want to go. I like that. Yeah. It's three, it helps you do three things and make sure that your work is challenging meaningful and that you feel confident while doing it, which is incredibly important for us to feel like we're not stuck. And and personally, just from like the board perspective, boredom can be a really good thing. It can mean mean that things are going really well. Now, you might not just want things to go really well. So like one of the things we have to learn as leaders and high, high achievers to be okay with boredom or, you know, I'd even say make a boredom list if you really need to. I have one on my phone if I'm sitting at my computer and I'm like, I'm bored, I'm going to pull up that list and go, these are the things that I know are going to add value to my life, make me more motivated, and are, I'm going to look back on and say, that was a great use of my time. Yes, yeah. I love that. I, I know when I talk to high school students, one of the things I tell them to do is uh, create, don't consume. And I think we live in a consumer society where we can easily you know, spend time, just we can burn time by just consuming you know, content, whatever it is whether it's Netflix or scrolling up and down TikTok or whatever. And I think, you know, we, I think the people that are making a difference in the world are people that are creators. And so I love the fact that you have this list, like you go to like, I'm bored. You go to your phone to go scroll, whatever, uh, Twitter. And then you have this list of like, no, you really should be doing the following things, which is going to get you to where you really want to go. I, I love that idea, that concept. That, that's really cool. So what about uh, purpose? We hear a lot about... <clears throat> 
that purpose is important or essential to build like a career life, you know, that, that you really love. Um, how is, how, how important is purpose? How does somebody find their purpose? Why is it important? I'm kind of curious to know your thoughts on the, the idea of purpose. So many different ideas here. You know, there's also this, the concept of find something you're good at and you'll eventually feel that it's purposeful. Mm, okay. And so there's, there's an aspect, you know, you work with individuals that are pretty early in their career and they're like, I can't take any action until I figure out what is meaningful to me. Oh, like, I love that. Yeah. And you have to, especially when you're early in your career, like there are things that you hate. So go with that list. What do you hate? Stay away from that list. That's for sure. The things you don't hate, the things that you're interested in, the things that you read a book about, the things that you listen to a podcast about, the things that if someone was talking about next to you, you'd listen in, go work in that field. Like, I, I like what your point was is, you know, you don't always have to, you also don't have to start a business in what you're interested in immediately. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're early on in your career, go let someone pay you to become an expert and to build a brand within that space. It'd be a lot easier to start a business later on. But but so there's that piece of like, go, go explore, get curious. You'll find things that you never knew were important to you and you'll expand your interest in what you feel is purposeful. But overall, our purpose is something that we create. Our purpose is something that, you know, based on our experiences, for some reason, we feel that it's important. And what's really awesome about that is that you can always choose to do something different than your purpose because you're the one that created it. It's there as a tool. And very often, and I made this mistake in my younger career, my purpose made my decisions for me. And I didn't even figure out that it wasn't really my purpose. It was something that I chose as my purpose and then let dictate my decisions for a very good portion of my life, which was Mm -hmm. really, it led to me to be here today, but it was also a reason for a lot of my struggle when I was younger. So if we see purpose as the tool that it is, and when I say the tool that it is, your purpose is basically like a energy drink (laughs) that never ends. (laughs) Like It's like, it's this endless source of energy and motivation that you can use to get work done or to live a life that matters to you. Mm. That's super cool. The downside of that is the people that think that they're somehow going to actually be able to fulfill their purpose. That there's going to be a point where they say, I'm done. Mm. Doesn't happen. <laughs> and, we're, and I think if we if we're able to correct that definition and use purpose for what it is and see it as a tool and not have it control us, then we're in a good spot. I like what you said, though, and I think it's really important to point out, too, that you know, purpose isn't this magic thing that we sort of like one day we have and that we sort of chase it. And sometimes we have to just move, start moving in a certain direction and the purpose sort of finds us, you know. Um, I think just, you know, speaking from my my personal uh, journey was I spent seven years out of the military. I was working in corporate. Most guys get out of work for corporate. I worked in corporate. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I kept you know, getting more and more involved with the business and different sides of the business until I found, I actually got a chance to run a plant at 32 years old, a manufacturing plant. But it wasn't until my second manufacturing plant where I was turning around a struggling business and just relating with the the blue collar workers in the shop that were doing everything they could. The business was losing money. And I realized that my passion was to turn around these struggling uh, manufacturing business. That was my purpose in life. That's, that's what I love doing. And, and, but it took me seven years to, and it just kept, I kept doing work until I found something that was like, wow, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, uh, and so I was, I like the idea of, of, of move forward. And, and even if you don't know what it is, you know, explore, be curious, 
do things that are challenging and and see what sort of sparks that uh, interest in you. But don't just sit there with a piece of paper and think about it, right? I mean, take action. Is, is that what you're saying for that? Very much so. And I to crush the limiting belief that what you do today is what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Mm. I get... I get questions a lot. Ben, you created this, you know, multiple six-figure coaching business. You have no overhead. Like you've worked internal in organizations as executive, as a kind of an executive in talent development, still young in my career. I know what I want. I know what I, my values are. I know what I'm interested in. Like, like Ben, what do you want to do next? What's like, what are you doing in the, you know, five years? What do you think you want to do? And I'm like, I know what my values are. My number one value is, is health. And I define that multiple different categories, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, et cetera. And if there's something that comes up that intrigues me more than what I'm doing now and is able to also pay me more than what I do now, and it makes sense for me at the time of my life, nothing I've done in the past should hold me back from making the decision to to pursue that. Yeah. And I I really hope that people listening can feel a little bit more free from what they've done in the past. Because yeah. what, what you've done in the past, it, it adds into who you are today, but it doesn't have to dictate to what you do in the future. I mean, so I was, I've been a, I was a marketing associate for a chiropractic office, a marketing associate for a ball bearing corporation. I was a kind of a policy analyst in the Illinois Department of Public Health. I was a bartender. I was a security guard. I was a brand ambassador for different brands standing on street corners and handing things out. I was a production assistant in music festivals. I was an early care and camp counselor for sports camps and regular camps. You know, I was like, when I look back at what I've done, right? I worked in healthcare and performance improvement. It's it's very different than what I do today. Yeah. Now, when you get older, they, you, tar- you start telling a story, you start creating a professional brand, and that brand does tend to dictate a little bit more about what you work on, but it doesn't have to, right? I just worked, I just was talking to a business owner right now, after 12 years of being in business, is transitioning out of what she's doing. And the world's her oyster. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's about how you tell your story to be able to figure out what you want to do next once you figure out what that thing needs to be. But, you know, with the, the snap of the fingers, you can make a decision to do something completely different. Yeah. You you mentioned health, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit because I think we've touched, we've had a lot of people on the podcast talk a little bit about the idea of health, of fitness, and how that plays a role in leadership. I I wanted to ask you what you see, what you how you define self-leadership and how is it important to us as leaders. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough, and I think it's a really important aspect of leadership. Mm-hmm. And just to build out the health piece a little bit. Like I launched a supplement company through just a general conversation with a friend, right? I had a different coaching business in the, in the relationship health, health side of things. Uh, you know, I, I'm an investor in better for you consumer packaged goods products. And so like there's different ways that I feed my health value. Uh, and so now going to the question around self-leadership, which I think is a little different, but it is a it is not as much because it's a healthy way to live your life, right? You are the leader. You are the most important leader in your life. You make your decisions. Like ultimately, no matter what, whoever your leader is, whoever your role model is, whatever your environment is like, you are ultimately choosing to do the thing that you're choosing to do. And so self-leadership comes down to three main pillars. It comes down to clarity. So clarity of self, who are you? What do you want to, like, what do you stand for? So any t- any environment that you're in, 
you can show up authentically, which is really important for executive presence. Your future vision, what are you working towards? So if you know what you're working towards and you know why you show up, you can enter a room and people can be unbelievably critical towards you or it can be a networking opportunity where people tend to be worried about what people are thinking about you. And your doubt is very minimal, almost to not, almost to nothing. Because you've basically given your inner champion a ton of awesome content to work with. This is who I am. This is what I'm working for. This is like that. If you can answer those two questions, your confidence starts to build because that second pillar actually is confidence. And that's the belief in yourself and the belief in your skills. As a leader, if you don't believe in your skills, one, reframe your perception of yourself, but also go go work on some stuff. Like if you're a leader and you're doubting your ability to lead, go listen to this podcast, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or read a leadership book. <laughs> yeah. Go get a credential, but also like sometimes give yourself some grace and and make sure that, that your perception of yourself is is honest. Now, the next piece is really just, it's the belief in yourself in terms of confidence. And that's what are, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? What negative beliefs do you constantly repeat over and over and over a day? Which by the way, 80% of our thoughts are negative, which is just mind blowing because we have about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And if 80% of those are negative, can you just think about how strong your inner critic is? And so we got to get ahead of that as, as a leader. Mm-hmm. The third pillar builds from confidence and clarity. So if you believe in yourself and you know what you're working towards, right? you know what you should be working on each and every single day to really move the needle forwards towards your goals, then you're going to be showing up intentionally. But that's not always the case. So we have to do a really hard look. This is control around our environment, what's influencing us to not show up the way that we want to. It could be relationships, it could be a job, it could be the environment that we live in in terms of the location that, that our home or apartment or wherever we're staying is in. And it can be just also the expectations that we have around ourselves when it comes to you know, what you do each and every single day. So can you wake up and no matter what you feel, show up? And as a leader, that means like putting it on, right? Showtime. People are watching you when you come into work. So how are you controlling yourself and how have you built an environment that makes it easier for you to control yourself? Simplest example of this is if you eat cookies, don't buy the cookies. You know, don't go to a cookie party kind of thing. And so you want to make a life, you want to make an environment that helps you be this the self-leader, right? Be the person that can make easy choices and build a life around yourself that makes it easy to live a meaningful professional life. I love that. You know, one of the things I do as a leader is I have our break our break room here in our in our factory. I always keep it stocked with all sorts of snacks and things for for my employees. And I and I rarely touch them because I I kind of stick with a strict diet. And my guys ask me, like, how do you do that? And it's like, I just don't, but I do it for you. I mean, I do it to make you happy, but it, for me, it's not my thing. But you're right. When you're, when they're around, they're more tempted to grab it than if you, uh, if you, if you put yourself in an environment where those things don't exist, but I have a whole break room full of stuff that I don't eat, <laughs> but it's very tempting. Yeah. I, um, people ask Ben, are you such great willpower? And it's like, I just don't give myself permission. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. And uh, hold on, my, my puppy, you hear my puppy in the background? This is, he's, he's with a little squeak toy. Hold on. <laughs> this this is what sometimes gets in the way of podcasts. So sorry, uh, everybody. Uh, 
I love it. Well, I have two golden retrievers and they've made many appearances on the podcast, so it's uh, not a big deal. So for sure, we've had plenty of dog barks uh, over the years, uh, for sure. But uh, well, this this has been, uh, Ben, this has been really good. There's a lot of things that you touched on that I think you've given our listeners things to think about. How can they find out more about what you offer in terms of services and find out more ways to connect to you? Yeah, if you go to my main website, liveforyourselfconsulting.com, you can jump on the email list, find out about upcoming events, new media content, but also download the five secrets to creating a filling career. Quick ebook for everybody. And if you want to start a conversation, go to LinkedIn. Connect with me, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. And, you know, tell me something that you're taking away from this podcast. So I know you heard me here and we'll start a conversation. That sounds great. And we'll put links in the show notes for those resources. And leaders, I, I hope that you take away something powerful from this conversation as far as, uh, you know, making some decisions about what you need to do in your career to so that you can, you know, have a career that you absolutely love, have a life that you love, and uh, have a purpose that you are motivated to do every day and to get yourself unstuck and moving in the direction that you want to move. And Ben has shared a lot of great ideas. I highly encourage you to check out his resources. Check out this Five Secrets uh, uh, book that he has. And that's free, I assume. You sign up, you get it for free, right? So do 100%. that. Yeah, do that. And you'll get some uh, tips on how to kind of move forward if you feel like you're stuck. Uh, ben, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for sharing your journeys. Thanks for sharing some ideas for us to think about in terms of getting our career moving in the right direction. And uh, thanks for doing what you do as far as coaching and helping people kind of get on get in the right direction. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Oh, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us, from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid.